welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. Uh, we've got a pretty good episode coming up today. Um, the Twins had their Rule 5 draft this week. Uh, we lost some players and we gained a couple. Want to talk about that, Malcolm? Um, yeah, I don't feel like it was that interesting of a draft for the Twins. The biggest move by far um, was the loss of Akil Badu. He was one of the guys we actually talked about in our prospect preview a few weeks ago. Um, it's one of the Twins' top center field prospects. Just great defensive center fielder, got good power at the plate. Um, and I'm really high on him. I'm really bummed to lose him. But as the Rule 5 draft goes, I don't know if we've explained this before, but basically you can take a player, but you have to put them on your major league roster for the whole season if you want to keep them. And if you don't, then you have to give the player back the team you drafted them from. So it's good for him because he's going to get to play in the major leagues with the Tigers, and that's a great career opportunity. But bummed to see him go, and bummed we're going to have to play against him probably for the next five or six years. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, seeing again, seeing Badu, uh, you know, go go to the Tigers is, you know, it sucks. But uh, he will now, of course, get to play in the majors, which is obviously such a good thing for him. And I don't think his future with the Twins was necessarily, like, big, you know, unless Buxton were to be traded in the next, like, five, like next few years. And, again, we have other outfielders coming up that can fill in Buxton's position. So I don't really see him ever getting much major league time. And so it's just good, you know, because now he's going to get a, a bunch of a bunch of major league time. Another is um, right, uh, right-handed pitcher Tyler Wells went to Baltimore. He's probably the the other guy I kind of that kind of stood out to me a little bit. Again, probably wouldn't have gotten much time in the majors. And then there were there was Ricky Ramirez, Joe Record, Record, and Jacob Pearson went to Baltimore, Houston, and Atlanta respectively. And then th- we added a couple of players. We had added right-handed pitcher. Um, Jean later Salinas. I probably butchered that, but we got, I'm not sure where we got him from. And then left-handed pitcher, Josh Mitchell. Um, do you know anything about these guys, Malcolm? I don't really, I do want to say that those guys are taking the minor league portion of the rule five draft, which is different. You actually have to put them on your major league roster. Yeah. It's guys yeah. that have been around for longer, mostly career minor leaguers or guys that potentially you see a fix for, but haven't been effective before. And I don't know a ton about either of these guys, but I know that if the twins were into them as pitchers, I think that that's a great sign. Yeah, for sure. Cause the twins have very deep, um, the twins have a very deep farm system. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was overall kind of a, again, an uneventful draft. Then we, the white Sox have made, I would say a good portion of the moons moves that we expect them to make over this off season. Adam Eaton, was um, picked up by the White Sox over the offseason. Uh, he'll be a you know solid outfielder. He could he might he'll probably start a pretty good amount. He might um, you know swap time with some other guys. But then the big signing for them was Lance Lynn. Man, the durability of this guy is just always blowing me away. Through, through the most innings, I think in twenty twenty and maybe twenty nineteen too, he just he doesn't get injured. And he throws a lot of innings in the game. He posts really good numbers. Was with the Twins for um, can't remember how long, but he you know struggled there. And then we got rid of him. And man, he was great with Texas. And now the White Sox picked him up. And so now they've got you know Kopech, Giolito, uh, Lynn. They've got a good rotation. And so that's kind of something to be to think about because you know, again, Lance Lynn is a really big addition. Yeah, um, it was. I was not happy when I saw that news. The White Sox being Lance Lynn. We'll go 
Adam Eaton a little bit more later. That one's not as big. But Lance Lynn has thrown pretty much the most innings of baseball the last two years. Like Max is saying, just super durable guy, but it's also just been high quality innings. He's had between those two seasons a uh, 3.4 ERA, and really over the course of his career, his career ERA is 3.57. He was really good in St. Louis for a while, and then he got hurt, came back, struggled a little bit, was still good, came to the Twins, and was just had a really rough time. I don't know what it was, but it did not work out. We trade, ended up trading with the Yankees. He improved a little bit, but it was still rough there, and they signed with Texas and refound whatever he had when he was younger, and it's been really incredible to watch, and I'm not excited to have to face it however many, five, four or five times a year. Yeah, he's faced, Malcolm, the most batters um, for 2019 and 2020. Um, and, uh, man, he is, he, he's had such a, just such a good past couple of seasons. Um and you always never want a guy to struggle or anything, but man, it just sucks that the White Sox picked him up. I wish that would not have happened. And then Adam Eaton, do you think he'll earn a starting role, or do you think he'll be more of a utility like backup kind of guy? I think he'll be their primary right fielder, uh, assuming they don't get anyone else. But I don't think that he's that great of an addition for them. He's not going to add that much value. I do want to actually talk a little bit more about the Lansing trade. In that trade, they gave up um, their starting pitcher, uh, Dane Dunning. He was a young guy, made his debut this year. Um, throws a sinker, somewhat similar to Randy Dobnak, but a little higher velocity, better breaking ball, so a few more strikeouts. But he was one of their top pitching prospects, and they sent him to Texas in the deal. I would say a good deal for Texas. It was not a great deal for Texas. They potentially could have gotten a little bit more. But getting a younger starting pitcher with five years of control compared to Lynn with just the one is a good addition for them. And for the White Sox, they are clearly trying to win the division this next year. That's their – they aren't trying to hide that. And uh, this was a clear move that they're committed to this being their championship window and not trying to make it four or five years down the road. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree, Malcolm. You know, you've got a guy like Lance Lynn who's 33 years old. You, you start out with Dane Dunning who's got so much potential. He had a pretty – he had a solid 2020 – but we know he's gonna. He's we know he's gonna be really good. Um, and you know, for him to and he's twenty five years old, and then you trade him away for a guy like Lancelin, who's thirty three and is good now. You know you're going for it all now, and that's the thing, is because um, while Jose Abreu isn't exactly like super old, how old is he? He's thirty three, so he's not super old. Like considering. How, how old baseball players can get when they play. But, you know, he's – he's and you can tell he hasn't exactly dropped off in skill level either. But, you know, at some point that's going to go down the drain. And when is that going to be? Are you going to have Lance Lennon and Jose Abreu forever? That's going to get expensive. Are you going to have this White Sox team that's going to be – they're, they're going to be so expensive down, down the road. Luis Robert is a potential future MVP. Uh, potential future MVP. Uh, I can't – exactly see the White Sox keeping this up for very long you know they're gonna have to trade away some guys are gonna have to because there's no way they have enough money to pay this many guys this much money and I, I just don't think it's possible so I think that's why they're going for it now question is in this these next few years are they going to be good enough to win the World Series yeah and I think the White Sox will be able to hold on to a lot of those players they are a big market team they play in Chicago which is one of the biggest cities in the U.S. 
Um, they got a big fan base, but it's a competitive division this year. Cleveland, while seeming to try to be losing players, they still have a bunch of the top players in all of baseball. Shane Bieber's one of the best starting pitchers. Jose Ramirez, one of the best third basemen. Francisco Lindor is one of the top shortstops. And they're going to throw some. And then the Twins are, I would still say, the favorites. There's many people who now say after this Lance Lynn move um, that the White Sox are favorites. And I think, though, that the Twins definitely need to respond to these moves with a move of their own. I don't think that it needs to be like today, but if we just if we just go out and bring back the same team we did last year, even if we lose someone, that's going to be in there adding guys. I don't know if I can still be claiming us as the favorites. I would say we are at this point, and I will still see us adding more people. But the White Sox keep being aggressive and going out there to win, and the Twins aren't. That is not going to bode well for us next year. Um, I would love to see the Twins announce Nelson Cruz re-signing or go sign a starting pitcher in the next few days though because usually in baseball you'll see like if the Yankees sign a player the Red Sox will sign a player if the Red Sox sign a player the Yankees will sign a player like rivals tend to almost mirror each other like one team makes a move the other team has to make a move to keep pace with them and keep the rivalry going this could be a really fun rivalry next year I really hope the Twins do more to make it that way yeah for sure so I guess we'll we'll see what happens with that Um, and there haven't been a crazy amount of moves across the league, especially none from the Twins, which is, of course, disappointing. I'm not saying, again, that the Twins need to make moves right now. But, you know, down the road, we're going to want to make some signings, and we want to we don't want to wait until these guys are, are gone because I think a lot of the guys that we'll be targeting, um, you know, could be gone uh, soon. I just want to really quick name some other names. The Twins have – these are just some rumors. They, we've kind of, like, had a couple – check-ins and discussions with uh, uh, Kyle Schwarber, Adam Duvall, and Michael Brantley. That would be like a substitution for Nelson Cruz if we can't get a deal done. Uh, Cruz is looking for two years instead of one and wants to be 100% sure if the DH will be a thing National League uh, or National League and American League. Um, again, we'll see with that. And then the Twins have also expressed some interest in um, Kike Hernandez as a utility guy. Um Again, won the World Series with the Dodgers, had a pretty good year, had a really good World Series. And then free agent reliever Joaquin Soria, wasn't he with the Twins for a little bit? I don't remember that. Maybe, one. maybe I'm thinking right. of the wrong. I'm not sure. Maybe not. But I always remember him as a guy who played against maybe, – maybe it was against the Twins. Yeah, he was with Detroit and KC and then Chicago for a little bit. Yeah, he was – so okay, so I guess that was what I remember him from, that we faced him a lot. But um, we're kind of interested in signing him. He's had a really good career, actually. I'd say a pretty underrated one at that. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens with that. But again, not – and oh, and we had a quick uh, scare for a little bit. It was that um, for the Phillies president of baseball operations, uh, the Twins general, ma- general manager, Thad Levine, was one of the top candidates for that. And I was so worried when I saw this. I was like, no way. Thad Levine, why would he not – why would he leave the Twins? And um, that ended up, you know, going away. Now the Phillies, I think, already signed a president of baseball operations, and Thad Levine is going to stay on the Twins. He said he wants to stay with the Twins. He wants to be a part of this, uh, you know, World Series run. So that's kind of nice to hear. Yeah, so there's a lot for me to respond to there. I'll start with the Thad Levine thing. I saw that he was potentially being considered for the Phillies job about five minutes before I saw the story that he was out on the Phillies job and wanted to stay with the Twins. Um, I was really worried in those five minutes, though, that we were going to lose him. I was kind of going to get pissed at him if he did leave just because he committed to um, 
sign to be with Minnesota. He was helping to build this team. I thought, and I was glad to see then the what the quote he said had that he wants he wants to be a part of building this. He sees us as building a winner, and he wants to continue to be a part of this great team. That's what you want to hear from the guys in charge of your team. You want them to believe in your in the system they're building and want to be a part of it long term. And I think him and Derek Falvey have done a great job so far in the time with the Twins of finding and developing talent. And they've put winners out in the field so far. And I'd like to see them keep doing that. Uh, now on some of the names you mentioned, uh, first off, you had Brantley, Duvall, and Schwarber, I believe, for the DH yep. job, or potentially to play some left field with Rosario gone. And I am out on all of them. I don't think that any of those are good signings. I think that Brantley... I would be okay with going to get Brantley. He's been a really good hitter. He played for Cleveland for a while, um, so he knows the division. I wouldn't be super mad if we brought him back, but get, going to get Duvall or Schwarber, I'm completely out. And both of them, I would say, especially Schwarber, are very similar players to Eddie Rosario and that they're bad defensively. They're going to strike out a lot. Schwarber's got a little bit better eye, but still mostly free swingers. Just like not what I want to get to replace Eddie Rosario. I want us to give that job to Alex Kirloff. And the DH job, I want to – if we don't go get Nelson Cruz or Marcelo Zuna, the top two DHs on the market, I, if we don't get one of those two, I want to give the job to Brent Rooker and let Mitch Garver play some games there and let Miguel Sano have some days there and just use it to give guys a little yeah, bit but, more rest and rotate some people. And before you move on there, I uh, just want to really quick add, I think if we were to go and sign one of these guys instead of getting Nelson Cruz, that would be um, – not, I wouldn't say a crazy amount of money down the drain since we would be losing Nelson Cruz um, in replacement. But think if we if we lost Nelson Cruz, which I of course I don't want. Let's come on, let's sign Nelson Cruz. Um, and then we were to not sign one of these. If we were to sign either, we would have a lot of extra money to spend over this offseason. Um, so I think if we're gonna if we're not gonna if we're not gonna have a Nelson Cruz, at least put a guy like you know Rooker or Larnick there, or, you know whoever there, and then. Um, you know, spend that money on something like a starting pitcher or another utility, like a utility second baseman. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Yeah. I feel like it's Cruz, Ozuna, or Bust with those DHs. Um, then on Kike Hernandez, I don't know, initially when we talked about it, I was more on Kike Hernandez than I am now. If you look at his hitting stats, he just hasn't – he's been hitting worse over the last few years. He's good defensively, and he's a fine hitter. And I, I think if we go get him, I won't be mad. I really like watching him play. He's a really fun player, and again, the utility is super valuable. He can play anywhere and not be bad. I just don't feel like he's an exciting upgrade, and maybe we don't w- want to make the exciting upgrade or utility spot, but I feel like when that's arguably your most important thing to address this offseason, I feel like you kind of want to do something more interesting than that. But I wouldn't be opposed to getting him, and I feel like if we can get him on a reasonable one- or two-year deal, it's not the it's not a bad signing. Um, And then the last one you said was Joaquin Soria. I, again, I don't really have big feelings on this. I think we do need to go get a reliever, someone who has back-end experience, who we can trust. And if that's Soria, that's all right. I'd rather it be – we were talking before the podcast, and I think we're both really on getting Kirby Yates. A couple years ago in 2019, he was, I would say, one of the top two or three relievers in all of baseball, just completely dominant for the Padres. And then this year had a rough year. But I feel like there's just so much talent there. You can't – you got to – He's going to be pretty cheap, it seems like, from the estimations. And that would be a signing I'd love to see us make. Or just another one of the top-end guys that I – these guys have been better more recently I trust more. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, to add on to that, Malcolm, he had a 12.46 ERA 
um, in four four and a third innings for the Padres. So he didn't pitch very much. Um, had a two and a half whip, but if you look back to um, twenty nineteen, he had he was zero five, which was like. I, but I'm of course that doesn't mean anything. The Padres weren't very good in twenty nineteen, but he had a one point one nine ERA. He had um, and he, he was an All Star. I think he was in he was a Cy Young candidate, which was like yeah he, he got ninth in the Cy Young voting. Which for a reliever to get ninth in the Cy Young voting means that had a very very dominant year he had a whip at 0.890 like that is a that's that's just a dominant season um that's like if Devin Williams posted those numbers for all the entire year except you know a little bit higher than Devin Devin Williamson yeah but man what it like I think getting a guy like Kirby Apes would really solidify our bullpen yeah you have because it was short sample size and he got hurt so obviously you can't count on him to come back as good as he was before but there's something to the fact that his he was the last time he pitched healthy he was the best in the business so I think that's a signing I'd be definitely into making and then there's other guys I'd rather get to than Soria like Clifford but again if we're going to go get him have a veteran in the back of the bullpen the twins seem to like going to get veterans for the for our relievers that's something they've done they got Clifford and Romo and last year so it's a, something that Derek Felvey and Thad Levy have done before and it wouldn't surprise me if we did that again yeah, for sure. Um, so, again, uh, all just rumors that are kind of circulating around. We'll see if we have more news when we make um, the next episode. But I think we're going to move on to another uh, small segment about um, Kenta Maeda and Nelson Cruz. They made the second – the all MLB second team. And I – wow, of course, that is a – great honor you know to be the second best in your position um i that's i think that's just a you know something really good you know of course i think personally i think i think marcelo's you know, had a bit of a better year i think me and you kind of disagree on the nelson cruz thing uh i think while nelson cruz is a lot older marcelo's you know, had just a better season than him um while it was definitely arguable of course i'm not saying it wasn't arguable i just think a bit better season for Marcelo Zuna. And then for Kenta Maeda, I definitely think Kenta Maeda should have been um, uh, on the first team. Yeah, um, I will start with Maeda. And I think that Kenta Maeda definitely deserved to be first team. Max Freed was put on the first team instead of him. And Freed had a good year, but there's no way that Freed had a better year than Maeda. You compare any of the stats. Maeda led all baseball in um, whip walks his brains pitch obviously in the primary stat but he had the second lowest in baseball history and obviously in 60 games it's not a full season but if you look at that you say the second lowest whip in MLB history or I guess since dead ball at least that's not gonna win you the uh, first team what is like that is as good as you can do what can you do that's better than that and then with Cruz and Ozuna again I think that all the guys that won it absolutely deserved to win they or they deserve to – they did not deserve it, I should say. But I just feel like Cruz, his numbers were so good, and he did that at 40. That needs to be taken into account. Like, Ozuna and Cruz, their numbers are pretty much comparable, I would say. Both batting in the middle of the lineup and putting up huge numbers every day, providing no defensive value, obviously, because they're DHs. And I just feel like Cruz had a 169 OPS+. plus. Uh, Ozuna had a 175 OPS+. plus. That's basically just a rounding error there. Very small amount when you're that high. 
And so I just think that um, Cruz, the, the fact that he was 40 should have been the tiebreaker, but the fact that Ozuna won or that Freed won, they were both had incredible years. And to make the second team is an honor for both these guys. And obviously we're hoping that they can do that again next year. Hopefully Cruz in Twins uniform. All right, that's, that's going to take us into our first break. We'll be back with some trivia after this. All right, welcome back to the final segment of Bomba Breakdown. Um, so, again, we've kind of reviewed some free agent, um, free agent rumors. We, of course, we have reviewed the Eaton and Lynn to the White Sox, the Rule 5 draft, the Maeda Cruz second MLB, all-MLB team. And Malcolm, looks like you've got some trivia for me, hey? Uh, I think we're going to kind of work together on this today. Uh, we didn't prepare anything ahead of time, but we found these. I just found some quizzes. Where we're going to try to name the 1991 and 2010 Minnesota Twins starting lineup. The 91 was the starting lineup from Game 7. 2010 is the opening day lineup. And we might do another one in there, if we depending on how long this takes. But we're just going to work together and try to name the lineups for these games for the Twins. We'll start with 91 here, and I'll start it up. Uh, Max, you want to drop the first name? Yep, I definitely do. Okay, I think – okay, so I'm going to start with starting pitcher, Jack Morris, 10-inning shutout, baby. Oh, boy, what a game from him. He did it in, like, 120-something pitches, too. It was, like, really, really impressive. Yeah, uh I'm going to go with the next one, and it's. I think it's the next ob- most obvious one. The star of that series really was Kirby Puckett. Yeah. Center Walk fielder. off game six. Um, and then let's see. At first base, or at catcher, we would have had Brian Harper. My, my grandma was a big fan of him. That's how I know his name. Because I, I don't think he was, like, too big of a – he wasn't, like, too well-known of a player in Twin Sister, but I – I just remember she always he was a him. pretty good catcher for a while there. Yeah, he's obviously. Yeah. I just I think I knew him World when Series I was a lot team. younger yeah. because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Next we got the. I'm gonna go with the first baseman here since you left him for me. Kent Herbeck. Yeah, my guy. Um. Still a big guy around Twins territory. You'll see him in some commercials. One of the great twins and a just whole career twin. Great guy. Yeah, for sure. Um. And then. I'm kind of blanking on some other infield, like second base, but shortstop was Greg Gagne. I know that. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, and then I think that Gary Gaetti was. Nope, that's wrong. Was he just was he third base for '87 and then he '87. Was he not 91? That might be what it was. I guess not. All right. Then I'll take designated hitter Chili Davis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Though – um pinch run for in that game. Yeah. In game seven. And he also got – and then pinch hit for by Gene Larkin who hit the walk-off. Um, yeah. But, but then I'll go with uh, left fielder – I think it's left fielder. Or was it right fielder? Dan Gladden was left fielder, right? Or was he a right fielder? Um, I'll see what it says here. Um, I'm having trouble typing here, but it's got him as a left fielder for that game. All right. Okay. Okay. So, 
I should be better at this. Um, I think we should get a point for saying Gene Larkin, even though he's not on here because he was yeah. a big part of the game. Yeah, I actually um, met Gene Larkin. I think I took a class from him, like a pitching class. It was kind of interesting. We got to go a little quicker here. Um, so it wasn't Gaetti. Um, was Chuck Knobloch still around at that point? I think it was. Yes, Chuck no, but he was he was second base, wasn't he? Yeah, he was second base, but I think yeah. that was – yep, he was a second baseman there. All right, so we got third base and right field left. It's two uh, positions. For – okay, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think I might know right field. I want to say – Should I just say it? I, or do you want to? I want to say Shane Mack, guess? but is that it? That's what I was going to say, yeah, too. Yeah, okay. That was my guess. Is that right? Yeah, it's Shane Mack was okay, a starting good. right fielder. So all we got left is third base, and it's possible I... that – I thought it was Gary Gaetti. Yeah, it's that's that was it's my immediate. Spelled wrong here, but I don't know who else if it's not that. So, do you want to just see if it call it? Yeah, I have no idea. We got no nine idea. of the ten here, so that was pretty good. Oh, it's yeah. Pagliarulo, Mike Pagliarulo. Oh, he had a. I feel like he had a pretty good, pretty good season that game. I think. Yeah, we like, should have known that, but I because I, yeah, I've watched I've watched that game so many times. I, I should probably. I know. I'm disappointing myself. But yeah. we got 9 out of 10. Not bad. Um. All right. Next one, we're going to do the 2010 Minnesota Twins opening day starting lineup. Oh, and man. I got to wait for it to load here for a second. But I'll let you take the first name again, Max. This one does not have the starting pitcher in it. This one does. Okay. This does not have, have the starting pitcher. Pitcher. Um, okay. Let's see. Okay. So we've got... For catcher Joe Maurer, was he the starter for opening day? Yes, he definitely was. Okay, Joe Maurer, third hitter. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with the number four hitter, the first baseman. Um, the Minnesota Twins color commentator this year, Justin Morneau. Yeah, definitely. The M M&M boys at two three there. Um, and then uh, I'm gonna go with Michael Kadire. I believe that's right. The five hitter, Michael Kadire. Yeah. It's got them in order of where they bat in the lineup. Yeah. I know that one. Um, I, the, the leadoff hitter is a center fielder. I'm pretty sure that was Denard Span. Yep. Leadoff that hitter, right. center fielder, Denard Span. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. I got to think here. Okay, we got just denied span and right. Um, also going back, I think I said Kadir is an infielder. I think he was yeah, an no, outfielder. Okay. He was right field. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Then let's go. We've got Nick Punto. I, that was, was he, my next guess. Was he? I think he was second or short. Third. Um. He was third base at that third, point. Okay. If he's at third base, I'm pretty sure the shortstop was JJ Hardy. Oh, I can yeah. Play. JJ Hardy okay. was a shortstop. He's one of my dad's favorite players. Yeah. Um. Let's see who who we got here. Okay, DH. I should know this. Um. We have second base, DH, and left field. Left. Oh, I remember. I remember, I know this. I know this. Uh, Jason Kubel. He's got it. Jason Kubel was the designated hitter. That was well done. I don't know if I would have come up with that one. Like I, I remember that name Jason Kubel. I just didn't yeah. remember that he was starting DH. Wait, wasn't I wasn't was, Jim Tomey in on ooh, the team at that time? Though? We ended up 
he was on the team, I believe. I don't know if he was our primary DH. That's though. what I was thinking. Because I he's like only like part time. Yeah. All right, so we have left field and second base left, and oh, I'm not sure where to go next with this. If you have a name, you can throw it out there. Um, Brian Dozier had not come around yet at that point. We had not. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm almost certain he didn't. That probably would be my my first guess. Yeah, that was what I, the name I thought of, but I was like, that's not right. He wasn't that soon. Yeah, exactly. I think um, he was like 2012 or 2013. He came up. I'm trying to. Oh. I'm trying to think of some more. Cause was it, it Josh Willingham, the left fielder, at that point? Yeah, no, it was not. No, Willingham, Willingham was not was, at that point. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure of who we got. All right. Okay, because. Man, are we really gonna get seven out of ten on this one? Seven or out of seven nine. Out of nine? But... Sorry, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, oh. Um, Orlando, Orlando Hudson at second base, right? Um, or no, was it? Oh, Ooh, Alexi Casilla. Oh no, it was Orlando Hudson. Oh. Yeah, that was oh, well okay. done. I remember Casilla too. You said Lex. You started to say Alexi Casilla, and I was like, that might yeah. be right, but yeah. Um, cause I don't know my left fielder guess if span was in center, he was more of a center fielder, but Ben Revere, was he the left fielder at that point? Because that was... span was in center. He was not, I'm pretty sure he was on the twins at that point, but he wasn't a starter, I guess. Or was Revere a little bit? Cause I think, yeah, maybe he was on the twins, but it must've been like really early in his career or something. Cause he, I don't, he didn't get any starting at it. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he was a starter at that point. No. Yeah, and he was a center fielder pretty much the whole time he played. Yeah, yeah, he was a really good center fielder, and we traded um, him from Trevor May. Worked out really well. It wasn't. It was not yeah. Ben Revere. Um, I don't know who the then. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess say we call it. We got eight yeah. out of nine. Um, this is left. Delman Young. Oh, Delman Young. I just oh. block him out of my brain because I don't like him. I was even looking at like the 2010 Twins the other day, and I couldn't remember him. That's yeah, exactly. All right, so I think that's all the trivia we're going to do today. Um, if you like this, we might do more of it. Let us know. We might do more of this type of trivia in the future. Uh, but that's all for today. Um, one last piece of news we want to mention. This was just in a few minutes ago. Um, Cleveland has announced that they're going to drop the name Indians on at some point in the near future. They're going to keep it on their uniforms for next year and keep using it. But they're hoping as soon as 2022 to start – to stop using that name and change their name. They're not sure where they're going to go next, but that is inspiring news. And I'm glad to hear that. And I hope that um, their new name can be more respectful of all cultures. Um, yeah. I think this is um, a really big step. Uh, you know, I think, while there are still some problems around sports with mascots and names and um, different standards. I think, this is obviously a big step. I always thought like, um, it's it was them. They they do they do the tomahawk chop, right? I think, and I always that's thought, in I Atlanta, just, and that's just that's in a, oh that's, that's gross that, right? to me, man. I was always I was always because I was never a big fan of that. But going back to the Indians, I just um you know seeing like fans wear headdresses and stuff. I just couldn't get over 
over it. I was just so, I was just really disgusted by, it. you know, seeing their mascot every time, which is like, you know, I just, it's, it's just a hundred percent is like, um, using like mark marketing it and like using it as advertisement and, um, kind of portraying and like an Indian, like Indians as that, like, I just think it's just such a, um, again, a big step at it. They're taking it away. Um, so do you think it'll be the Cleveland baseball team or will they have a mascot right away? Um, I heard it. I just read a short article about this a few minutes ago, but they said that they're going to just go with, they're probably going to go with baseball team starting at right away. But I'm a fan of the, going with the name spiders. The Cleveland spiders were, Isn't that Cleveland, what they were a Cleveland team a long time ago. They yeah. were actually had the worst record in major league baseball history. Went 20 and 134 back when it was 154 game season. Yeah. And that's the only thing I know the Cleveland spiders for really, but it is a nickname. It's a historical part of their town. Otherwise I not exactly sure what else they would go with. I'm not a big Cleveland uh, culture guy. I don't know a ton about that, but I'll be interested to see where they go with it next. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And like you said, it's um, it's super good for the game. I think it shows people, hey, you know, we're not going to tolerate this. We're going to, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to do as much as we can to move away from stuff like that. And so I, I really agree with this decision um, as, as do you, I know. And I think making a step in the right direction and saying we're going to be open and a hundred percent, you know, equal, like um, trying to find the right words to describe it. But I, of course, you know, just ha- really happy about the situation. overall. Yeah. It's a, like you said, step in the right direction. And there's still obviously tons of progress to be made in baseball and just in the world to um, find equality and respect for all people. Um, so just a little bit on our scheduling and planning for the next few weeks. Um, we are going to sometime next week, late next week, we're probably going to drop a little mini episode we recorded a few weeks ago at the end of our podcast. It's about the hall of fame. It's a little debate we had, and we're just going to put that out because we're going to get crowded on on the holidays. And then sometime between Christmas and new year's in that week, probably around the 28th or 29th, We'll, we will make an episode where we will wrap up 2020, remember back on the whole year and everything that happened, and then sort of preview what we think 2021 will look like for the Twins and baseball as a whole. And then well, I'll take us into next year where we're hoping that we can start getting some news to talk about. If there's any breaking news during this time, we will record a podcast, any big twin signings or trades. But we're hoping that as we get into next year, we'll start getting some more signings and trades to talk about. And then we'll get into spring training and we'll really start getting the flow of it and ho- we're making progress towards baseball season again, Max. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just everybody remember we have Instagram and Twitter, so we'll probably be posting some more like um, league-wide news around there, mainly on Twitter. Go follow that at Bomba Breakdown. Um, and uh, I think that's all we got. Yeah, so Max has stole my promotion thing, but you can find <laughs> us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Happy holidays to all those who celebrate. Thanks for listening to Bomb Breakdown.